So welcome to the third? Yep. Or four. Third. I'll start again. <laughs> the third session of the Havana Sessions podcast. I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. And um, what are we going to talk about today? Um, body wisdom. Body wisdom. First, before we get to that, I just want to, for if you're new to the podcast, we do these podcasts on a weekly basis. Yeah. And it's an opportunity for us to get together and discuss issues related to mind, body, and spirit from a practical point of view. So how do you want to have a discussion or, or think about it and hopefully walk away a little bit more enlightened on the subject? Um, but we'd like to keep it in a practical sense. So how do we use these things in our sort of daily lives? And that's kind of what we're, what we're really about. So yes, body wisdom. Um, I guess I would start off by asking you how important is body wisdom to you and do you use it or, or, or even better yet so back up a minute if you say body wisdom what would that mean to you well, from this sort of body wisdom point of view well you know a long time ago I would have not, I would have said I, I think at one point I would have said I didn't really it's not that I didn't believe in it but I hadn't had very many experiences with what people were talking about in terms of, you know, innate body wisdom and you know, those kinds of things. As a yoga practitioner now, I absolutely believe in it and have had quite a number of, of experiences that then I do feel like helped me in my life. I suppose to, just to help keep me connected, because I, I think sometimes you can just be walking through your days getting stuffed on and you do get a little bit disconnected with how you're actually feeling okay. and what's actually going on for you. And I think the first, sometimes the first sign can be something that's going on in your body right. that kind of clues you back in and says, hey, wait a minute, like I need to pay attention to this. This is a, a bigger deal than I'm, you know, let, you know. So when you're talking about body wisdom, are you approaching it from the point of view of, of the actual, just the physical body in terms of listening to the pain might be in your body or something like that? So I think where I'm coming from with both of that, so from body wisdom as an in intuition or gut instinct, as yeah. other names it might be for, or sixth sense. Um, some people call it your sort of inner guide yep. or your higher self yep. um, but that internal wisdom um, that we each have and there's a school of thought that says that we have all the resources within ourselves to, to, to tackle any problem um, I know Jung was you know, big on the collective unconscious um, archetypes and all these this collective unconscious idea meaning that there's a, a collective wisdom from the human race, as it were, and if we can tune our minds to tap into that, there's a lot of resource there in the form of the subconscious mind. Yes, I, I agree, and I think that the problem is that we're so disconnected from that. We're, we're living in a world in which, you know, even the way that we medically 
and health-wise approach our body is in parts. You know, we don't kind of deal with our body as a holistic unit, and we certainly don't often deal with ourselves as a holistic body, mind, spirit, emotion being in the world. Why do you think that is? Why do you think... How do, how do we get disconnected from this power source? I'm not, I, I think we're told to not pay attention to it or to not believe it. You know, I, I think that children have a very close relationship with all of this stuff. You know, I see like my son, for instance, just experiences really strong emotions, just comes out. But even from that early age, and I notice as myself as a mother, you're teaching somebody about that relationship between their emotions, between their experiences in the world and themselves and their physical body and stuff. And you can teach into that wisdom, acknowledge it, nurture it, whatever you want to say, or you can begin very early on, which I think a lot of us have experienced, which is someone telling us that that isn't, you know, we shouldn't be like that, that we shouldn't listen to that, that that's not logical, that doesn't make sense, you know, because, I mean, yeah, a lot no, of these things don't make sense in the way that we like things You can't explain sense. it in terms yeah. of the rational mind and, and the sort of scientific evidence for um, yeah. the existence of maybe this collective unconsciousness or subconscious mind because we can't see it and I think you're right I think it's um, we're born with it so it's there when you're born and you you know you there's and this is where Jung was getting at with the collective unconscious and these certain different um, you know you, you have the wisdom already in so a baby knows without anyone needing to teach it that it needs to eat and and it bonds with the mother um, from, you know, it, and it knows that. No one has to tell it that. Um, you know, they say like we're only born with two, two instincts. One that is, or fears rather, uh, fear of falling and uh, a fear of loud noises. Everything else is learned in the same way that what, what you've just outlined there is that, you know, as parents we've, we've got to socialize the kid into the culture, whatever that culture might be, because there's probably still cultures out there um, where they do believe in um, maybe shamanism or believe in um, uh, you know what some would call sort of magic or yeah th- that that kind of feel to it where they where they tap into a sort of inner resource and um, but we got to socialize the people into the you know, your kid into the culture that they are so suddenly yeah. you start saying this is how that works and that and the kid believes you because you're the parent that's right and they're getting that reinforced from all around them and I think you know for us now as adults walking around in the world that we've grown up in in a way we have to relearn how to tap into that body wisdom that we have that innate kind of knowing stuff and so you know and and it's a funny thing because you know we've all had that those little intuitions like oh I shouldn't get on the plane and yeah. you know it's, it's hard to sometimes differentiate between because we're so unused to trusting in our intuition and even knowing what intuition really feels like when we have a little errant thought like that we can mistake that for intuition and I mean the number of times that I've had the errant thought don't get on the plane or you know don't don't drive down that street or you know whatever and I think is that something I should listen to yeah. and of course I don't listen to it and then it's all absolutely fine it's because we've come to not trust 
our own inner self, our sort of subconscious mind, that, that really silent voice that's telling you, and then yeah. you distrust it, you're rational. So if you think, uh, you know, again, if the mind has these different components to it, so your ego mind, and you're the subconscious mind, and and they're at war at some time, so you're a little, I think the sub, the, your inner guide has a quieter voice. Indeed, yeah. And then you recognize it, but then you think, nah, that can't be right. And you rationalize away from that. Yeah, I think that's my experience. I think the intuition and body wisdom that I have felt does not come as a thought. Like, yes. It does not come as a thought, don't get on the plane. Yeah. It, you know, so, I mean, to be honest, that there's a couple of experiences that I have had one, one, as I as I started to say at the beginning, is with yoga and the idea of, you know, so there's a lot of breath practices, so you can get into a kind of different, different aspects and energies in your body, you know, that that tell you different things and and or not tell you in a voice way, but help you to understand different things about yourself. Um. But, you know, if I were to say the moment that I really understood or experienced real intuition was between having my first and second children because I was pregnant and I and I miscarried, but I didn't know. Mm. So I, I got to about 12 weeks. So three months in, they weren't going to give me a scan until 14 weeks through the NHS to let me know that everything was okay. You know, it's like your first scan, heartbeats there, blah, blah, blah. And about week 10, you know, I mean, it's funny because these kind of things, you think, oh, you know, 10 weeks, but that's two and a half months of, of being pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly I just thought, no, something's not right. And I had, and I just thought, no, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm worrying myself too much. But it wasn't a worry. It wasn't a thought. It was like I knew something was wrong. Yeah. And so anyway, you know, it's and it's actually not like me to really be anxious and, and worry. And I didn't experience the thought of anxiety. You know, I just. I just uh, I you can't knew with tell a certainty you. without being I, able to explain it. That's right. I knew with certainty that yeah. that something was no longer right. That whatever you know, in a way, the the life force and creation that I had unknowingly been experiencing in early pregnancy was not there anymore. Yeah. And you know, when I went in, so we paid for a private scan early on. Or not early on, but you know, before the NHS was going to give me a scan, and sure enough, the heart, there was no heartbeat. But you know, a baby. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was like I, you know, I. Of course, later I was I was really sad about it, and I went through all the emotions that a lot of women go through with miscarriage. But that moment, it was like the doctor told me I saw in the picture, and I was like, yeah. And I think the doctor was quite surprised that I was so calm because I'm sure he, you know, yeah. has to do a scans of a lot of women who, you know, are really devastated. And it's not that I wasn't upset, but I just, I, I had known for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So it was like just a confirmation, like, yeah, I can believe in myself. So it was a weird kind of acknowledgement of a good thing in that, like, my instinctual thing, were it? right. It's that, because you knew what a certainty... But then the rational mind and other people around you 
can undermine that certainty, like, oh, it's just in your head, or it's this, and, or it's that. Um, but I think we all, inf- we, we have this inner wisdom, this body wisdom. Some people it's stronger in others in terms of listening to it. So a lot of times it's quite easy to just dismiss it or it's just, you know, it's rational. Or if it comes true, say, oh, it's just coincidence that that happened. It was a coincidence um, that you had this feeling and it happens to be true because it's hard to... It's not something you can prove. prove yeah. But I think that, you know, it, it very well could be that the people that are better at listening to their instincts or their inner wisdom have had experiences like that that have come true where they knew and then they had it confirmed and then they thought, oh, that's what intuition feels like. And so you're better able to recognize it next time because we're not taught to recognize it. And so we, you know, like I'm saying, we do mistake it for our anxiety thoughts. There's a very different thing. So I think once you kind of... Yeah, once you have an experience like that, whatever it is, you know, and I think you can, it's a, it's a learning thing. Yeah, yeah. and, and a, a learning thing and a trust thing to yeah. begin to trust yourself and that trust that inner voice. And maybe one of the ways of helping to strengthen that is pay attention to when it does happen, go ahead and go against it. <laughs> and then you start adding up the times, it's like, you know what, hmm, there might be something to this. But that is a way of, of you know, being aware and paying attention to it. Have you read um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink? Yeah. Yeah, because he addressed that aspect of the sort of subconscious mind and that first sort of three seconds we make up our mind about mind something, about something um, without knowing, and it just takes a rational mind more time to catch up with what your sort of subconscious although, mind already knew. Yeah, I suppose, although then, you know, there's... There's so many layers of things that we're dealing with when we're having a feeling Mm -hmm. about something. And and a lot of it can be prejudice or past experiences that are not, you know, like, so Gladwell, I think, brings that up, that we're often making snap decisions, but based on illogical things, which could be wisdom, but also could be misinformation yeah well this past is past experience that does not <laughs> apply here you know that's the that's that's the tricky part is and and that's probably why we're less confident in that voice because we're not our self-awareness isn't isn't um isn't uh, developed enough or strong enough or or used enough to give us confidence in which one is based off of a limiting belief or which one is actually my subconscious giving me some guidance um, and how do I distinguish between just the noise yeah. the actual inner self inner voice inner body wisdom uh, and the rational how do I how do I distinguish between all of those yeah, yeah. so and I've I've um, I think I've always had a very strong intuition so yeah, I've and I don't know if it's just from a very early on I came to just rely on myself and my mm-hmm. own sort of judgments and thinking. But I've always had this connection with my inner, I'll just call it my, my inner self, my inner guide. My, my body wisdom is, is, and sometimes it's very strong and then sometimes I can hear it very clearly say, okay, well, here's the direction or here's the answer here's that 
and then I can hear myself going, ah, forget that. And then I can hear, <laughs> okay, well, you go on and you do what you want. You have the same voices yeah. in your head that I have yeah, in mind. Yeah, go on, do out. what you want. And, you know, I'll be right here when you, <laughs> once you fall down and fail. And I can go, I told you so. Um, but, yeah, I've had some really interesting insights, very clear, like in what you were just describing there in terms of a, a real sense of certainty of what, of, of, of what course of action or decision I, you know, I had, to, had, to, had to make. Um. You know, I think part of it is, like you're saying, we have so much noise in our heads, mm. and the voice of wisdom speaks softly. So part of, I think, the process of accessing that is to start quieting things down sometimes, you know, whether that's through some kind of physical activity, running, yoga, weights that we talked about last week, whether that's meditation. Um, we've got to find some way of creating a bit of, bit less noise. Yeah. Especially, you know, and, and that can be a targeted thing. So if there's a big decision in your life, you know, sometimes you can just, if you, if you sit without asking yourself the question in your head, and you just start, start trying to let go of thoughts and quiet everything down. I think there's that's a, a possibility good, good that point the point you raise there is asking the questions. You have to ask the right questions as well. I think whenever dealing with the body wisdom, there isn't a necessarily yes or no. So I think the way that you phrase the question to yourself um, is important. So, like instead of saying, "Should I do this?" And wait and want to know yes or no answer. It's more of a question of what the, what's most useful for me to know in this situation. Gives your inner your body wisdom much more scope scope to, to sort of to sort of work with. And the answer can come in so many different forms. So you got dreams that it, it can come through. It can come through things that you would. Um, you know, we call them signs and omens, so it's just things that you wouldn't recognize, that you wouldn't have recognized otherwise, but you've asked this question, and I think you're right, I think it's a silence. So you ask the question, and then you have to listen for the answer. And the answer may come in various different forms, be it through, a, through dreams, or be it through seeing something in the physical space that is, I like to call them like clues to the larger answer. It isn't the answer, but it's a clue in the right direction. And you collect these up and connect the, connect the dots together, leads you to your your bigger answer that, that you were after. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever, have you done much with tarot cards? No, I no. haven't. Although, you know, I like what you're saying about all of these clues, because for me, for a long time, my understanding of omens was just like, there is... You know, there are signs that mean the same thing to everybody. Mm. Like, a bird lands on the house of this person, and that means the same thing to everybody. Yeah. But what you're saying, and what I agree with, is that when you're asking a question, you know, it's like, it's like re getting tarot cards read, or it's like, you know, reading your horoscope or something. Sometimes asking yourself and, and listening to your, your reaction to things or to signs out in the world tell you the answer yeah that, you know it's a reflection of your inner self your yeah. subconscious mind is saying well here's I'm gonna I don't have the language as you say so the subconscious mind doesn't have the logical bit so it brings things together in pictures and 
yeah. and, and the symbolism. So you're right. So let's say a bird lands on the house. There's a collect. There's this collective unconsciousness. There's a collective wisdom in terms of what the bird um, metaphor, symbology, or archetype may mean. Now it won't mean the same thing for everyone in every situation, but there's a, there's almost a you can get a reflection of what it is that you most need to know and you know if you take circles being about life or squares being about stability there's a collectiveness there but then you got to think how does that apply to my specific situation in this circumstance so that's just giving me a clue that I can add to you know a number of different clues that'll give me a fuller and complete answer um, and when I mentioned the tarot cards like I, I don't use them for like predicting the future um, I think they are great because they connect and just a major arcana um, because again from the symbolism uh, that's tied into them and the collective wisdom that go into them they help act as a mirror for your own self-discovery or a searching for an answer so I'll use them from a personal development point that way so phrasing this question a question what do I most need to know in this situation and it could be anything I say tarot cards just because you'll have something and it'll have some collective meaning and then you do the self-inquiry to say is that useful to me is that not useful how does that apply it in the context of what I'm asking it but it can be anything. You can ask it and just go for a walk down the street and pay attention to what you notice. Yeah, it really forces you, I think, these things to move outside of your own paradigm, the way mm. that you're seeing a problem, and just approach it from a different angle. Or, at, you know, at, either asking a question or, you know, reading any kind of these symbols. You just, when you approach something from a different angle, sometimes you get a different perspective. Yeah, that's Seems exactly a bit insane, silly to say, but it, it, but it's exactly that. It's the reflection of your inner self. And I, and I think it's this body wisdom and that it's your body wisdom. So my wisdom is that while well, I could say some things to you and you could take out what you want of it, we have to have enough confidence to trust our own body wisdom. So all these other things are just clues or just reflections of the things that you maybe most need to hear that will help you to formulate the answer, but you have to do the thinking for yourself. So you can't go to a tarot card reader and say, tell me my future. Um, you don't need a tarot card reader to do that. You don't actually need tarot cards. You can say, well, you know what? I do this like I do this one on a mountain. Uh, when I take people on ascent. I do uh, a ceremony at the top once we get to the top and, and say there's a rock that's on this mountaintop that has the answer to the question that you've asked and it's been waiting here for years just for you to find it. And then I send them off to find the rock and then whatever question that they started the weekend with, they can find the answers in just the patterns of the rock. It's a really powerful exercise in just the way that lines might come together or the shape of the rock might be but all it is is them having all it is is accessing what they already already know, know to be true. exactly so they just that rock just becomes a mirror to reflect to give them some inner interaction inner dialogue self-inquiry but using the symbolism um that they see on that particular rock they already know the answer that answer is already inside 
but they need to have that dialogue in order to, to sort of bring it out. You know, I'm, yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I, I think also, I'm just kind of reflecting on, you know, my different kind of experiences and stuff. I think, you know, if we're talking about things coming in as thoughts and how busy our mind is and stuff, we so often also experience body wisdom in terms of a gut feeling, like a, which, which can seem like an emotion. And we also are very busy in our emotional beings. We have all kinds of like angry, sad, happy, excited, not happy, you know, and, and we kind of go through these things during any day. And yeah. there's a lot of emotional noise, I suppose you could say as well in our bodies that make it difficult for those gut feelings to be recognized. But I think that's not the other kind of connection here is that there's a lot of ways in which our body is wise mm. and that there's a lot of ways that it tries to communicate with this slightly annoying head. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you something. Um, you know, but I, th I think that's kind of being able to recognize that, being able to recognize when you have a real aversion to somebody, like I don't know, a lot of people have probably had this, where you meet somebody, you don't know anything about them, but mm. something in you is like, stay away from that person, you know? Or you meet someone and you just know you're gonna be friends. Almost before you even know anything about them, you feel some kind of like deep connection with them. Yeah, so yeah. these kind of things happen all the time for us. And, you know, oftentimes we follow them without kind of realizing we're, what we're, we're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think these things, yeah, can, can really be felt in the body. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, even I'm just thinking about how we met and, you know, we, it was, uh, the, what was it, the war, words? I didn't know. I met you in Starbucks. Oh yeah, it was Starbucks. Yeah. Well, think about that. That's even better than the work words one because it was I think it was in Machado from the, you know, just the fact that you know one. I don't remember who spoke to whom. I think it might have been me interrupting you. We're but both Americans. Yeah, at some point we it was, were going to say, I "Hey man, I've seen yeah. you a couple times." <laughs> but just the fact that that you know was it random or was it an intersection of of that you know we were meant to be at that space at that particular time, the randomness of that conversation. We then did the writers group thing, but only for a very short time. I think after the, the first or second meeting, I was off to do something else, and then and then you were gone for the long. I mean, it was years. We've only yeah. just reconnected again. That's right. Um, and you can almost ask the question: Is the reconnection come at the time that we both needed? Like you've just launched, you know, I think so. published your book, yeah. and I'm trying to you know get this coaching practice off the ground, and we're trying to. Yeah. We're wondering the same kinds of kinds questions, of questions yeah. and and for similar ends as well. And it's like, well, that was the first. All right, we got the, you know the universe has got us together. Starbucks, boom, okay. We didn't great. listen the first time. It's like, <laughs> no. no, really, you must be friends. <laughs> yeah, then you know we did this to the writers group. Up, oh, no, go off you because you went off to you know to up north and I was everywhere and then. All of a sudden, just everything aligned back up, and here we are, you know, doing podcasts together and exploring a lot of the same issues and, and thinking of a, in terms of a, a higher wisdom, a higher purpose type thing. So, you know, someone could say that's just coincidence, or is it, you know, something greater than that? Yeah. 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 I, th I think at some level, 
a lot more people than would admit believe in this and they want to believe in it because deep down there's something telling them inside that it's true that there is more to life than we can perceive or that we're being told can be accessed by logic yeah you know we we sense that and there's something deep inside of us that knows that but because we've been so disconnected from it there's a part of us that kind of yearns to get back to it but we don't know the way yeah so you know we're all kind of I don't know, feeling our way, I guess, back to something that, that we haven't been trained to do because yeah. we didn't grow up in a society, you know, that, you know, is super connected with nature and, and these kinds of what, what what a lot of people might today refer to as voodoo or magic or irrationality. Yeah, this or sort of new, new age, that's right. hippie so, thinking type stuff, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, you know, and I yeah. think, I don't know, you know, for me it's like, there's there's nothing more powerful than it, these experiences in my life to mm. say to me, you know, because I mean, you know, when I started um, to go back to the, my yoga practice, I was practicing for years as just a yoga student, and then I decided I wanted to do yoga teacher training. When I got to the part on pranayama, which is really about life force, mm. it's about breathing practices that increase the energy in your body and and you are learning to direct that energy in specific ways. Um, that I, I completely approached that with a kind of like, whatever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, yeah, okay, I'll do it. It's breathing, yeah. you know? And to be quite honest, it was a completely eye-opening experience for me. And I feel like I am in general a quite open-minded person on these things. So... The fact that I was still like, no way. And then, you know, because it's all like kundalini or chakras, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, a, oh, it's a pretty picture. They've got like a, a person sitting in meditation with all these colors and isn't yeah, that yeah. nice and stuff. But, you know, these kind of things, it's, you know, like I said last week with the Morpheus, uh, my beliefs do not require you. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, you don't have to believe in these things for practices like yoga to work on them yeah. and you don't need to believe in intuition to experience it you know this stuff is there actually yeah it's more just about recognizing it and and separating it from all the stuff that's been said about what it is and understanding what it actually is yeah. do you know what i mean because there's a lot of misinformation about this kind of stuff if you look at it, we don't know. If you look at it, there's all ways of accessing your body wisdom. So whether you're doing yoga or weightlifting, or it doesn't doesn't matter the vehicle. The vehicle you need to find that's most conducive to your belief system that'll help you to access your okay. inner core because you you already have it. It's already there. I, generally, you need some something to interact with to help um, <laughs> spark it. Yeah. To go and whatever that might end up you know sort of being there was um a story i remember reading um about a shaman in um south america he was really good at you know performing all these miracles and quotation marks at the end. and he was doing a lot of healing basically and there was a, a journalist that went to investigate you know is this guy just a con man or what have you and there was a, a moment in there where the the shaman said you know what it actually doesn't matter whether 
it works or, or is it real or isn't real. It only matters if they believe it does because it's actually them healing the people themselves. healing themselves. I'm just a vehicle, and as long as they believe it, then it allows it to work for them. But whether it's real or not doesn't actually matter. But the thing is, that comment is based on an understanding about the mind-body-spirit connection yeah. that that journalist probably was not coming with. Yes, absolutely. You know, he was coming with so, skepticism. and Well, uh, and yeah. that answer, yeah. would, I can only imagine mm. what the journalist's like, response mm. to that kind of answer would have been quack. Yeah. You know, voodoo doctor. You know, but, but actually, <laughs> we... Uh, you know, yeah. Well, I even say with even modern medicine, you know, I, I don't, you know, there's doctors that'll tell you that it's, it's, you know, the medicine is there and it's helping, but it's also your own, it's, it's a facilitating your body's own healing own mechanisms. Healing mechanisms is what it's doing. And the more and the stronger your belief is in whatever it is that you are choosing to use as your, your, your vehicle to hang on to, you know, as, if you believe it, then it's true for you. It may not be true for everybody, might not even be true in any kind of sense, but it's true for you and you believe it and you're able to access your own inner body wisdom through that, then, you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. So that, and for me, I'm, you know, I've done some shamanic practices and it's not that I want to be a new age hippie, but it was just a way of accessing my own inner strength, my own inner power. It was a, it was, it, it's a nice metaphor for me to work with that I like because it excites me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've done this stuff with the tarot for the same very reason. Um, I like taking the walks out into the mountains because I feel spiritually connected to the mountains. And if I ever go to the mountains and I bring a question with me before I'm done with the walk, I'll have the next piece of the puzzle that I need to know to help me um, get to where I need to, to go to. And these are just all means for accessing my own inner wisdom, which we all have. Yeah. But I guess you have to hold the belief that you have it in order for that to work for you yeah, in a greater true. sense. Yeah, and I think that there's a couple things. I think that what we're both saying is, fundamentally, hmm. we can trust ourselves. But part of the process of learning to, to trust yourself and learning where your wisdom lies is about peeling away all the noise. Yes. You know, like so, and that, and that I suppose takes practice or techniques or it, it, I suppose that if it doesn't feel easy to do that for you, then there are different, all kinds of different practices that can help you do that I suppose is what yeah, I'm saying. that's it I think you just have to find what works best for you trust in yourself and you know what you, you kind of know what that is don't yeah, you absolutely. you're drawn you to certain things you know what things. it is exactly yeah. you're drawn to the, and it's it's opening up your mind to be aware and to notice these things and you know what it is if it feels right that's your inner body wisdom saying yep and it feels right I don't know why and maybe the rational reason will come later, but it's just trusting and following that that uh, gut instinct, if we can even call it that. You know, yeah. follow that, and then the rational side will catch up. Sounds good to me. It is absolutely <laughs> all right. Another good session. Yeah, I hope everybody who's listening can, uh, I don't know, respond and comments and tell us what you think. 
Tell us your ideas and experiences about instinct and intuition. Intuition, vitalism, yes. So yes, by all means, leave us some comments or um, connect with us on Twitter. What should your Twitter handle? Is Sarah B. Hunt. Okay, and my Twitter handle is Soul Cruiser, and that's S O U L C R U Z E R. <laughs> Can't spell. Uh, but anyway, you'll be able to see the connection here uh, at the, in the links with the podcast. So, yeah. Until good. next time. Until Claire. next time. Absolutely. Cheers. Okay.